Uni Taste Days proudly presents the Uni Guide, supporting you with all things university. Hello and welcome to the Uni Guide podcast. My name is John. I'm here from Uni Taste Days and I'm joined in the studio as ever by Tim and also our special guests. And of course, the guests will change based on the subject of the podcast episode. In this episode, we're going to be exploring coming out at university. So support for students that identify as being part of the LGBT plus communities, that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender or other. Now, I know you want to hear firsthand accounts from our guests, so I'm going to keep this to a minimum before I introduce Anton, Ollie and Sonny who are joining us today. But what we're going to be talking about is things like their student experience, how they found coming out at university and so much more. But one thing to make really clear at the start as well is we're not just going to be talking about the positive experiences of our guests. We're also going to talk about some challenges they may have encountered, but also share some pretty shocking research findings and, and get the guest reflections on those as well. But what I'll do now is pass things to Tim. Tim will introduce the research and then I'll come back to you later on. Thank you, John. And with that said, here's some stats and findings from two reports from a charity called Stonewall date back from 2018 and 2021 when they were looking at the experience of LGBTQ students at university. Two in five LGBT students, that's 42%, have hidden their identity at university for fear of discrimination. More than a third of trans students, 36%, and 7% of lesbian, gay and bi students who aren't trans face negative comments or conduct from university staff because they were LGBT. Almost half of LGBT disabled students, that's 47%, have been the target of negative comments or conduct from other students. More than a quarter of LGBT students, 28%, so they are excluded by other students for being LGBT. The research showed that the students surveyed demonstrated more openness about their sexual orientation and gender identity in higher education than in secondary education, with overall levels of openness increasing from 64% at school to an expected 82% at university or college. When researching university courses, around a third, 31% of LGBT plus students paid specific attention to LGBT plus services. Some start findings there, and thank you all for sharing. We'll use them as discussion prompts as we go through the podcast. But at this stage, I'm going to pass on to my trusty co-host, John. Welcome back to the podcast. And John, please do introduce our fantastic panel. So Sonny, Anton and Ollie, a really warm welcome to this UniGuide podcast. I'm so looking forward to this. It's going to be such an interesting podcast, and I'm so grateful for your time today. We've got absolutely loads to cover. So with that in mind, I'm going to keep the introductions quite small from me and actually pass things over to you. So, Ollie, if I come to you first, do you mind just telling us a little bit about what you do and why you do it? Of course, thank you. Thank you for having me. My name's Ollie, Ollie Pike. My pronouns are he, him. And I am the director of Pop and Ollie, which is an LGBT plus edutainment resource for children, parents, carers, and teachers. And my videos and books are being used in primary schools across the UK and beyond to help teach about equality and diversity whilst ultimately helping to combat LGBT plus prejudice before it begins to form. Ollie, thank you. And a really warm welcome to the podcast. Um, Sonny, if I can come to you with the same question, we always ask this question in every single podcast. What do you do and why do you do it? 
Hi, I'm Sonny. I work for Space Youth Project. We're an LGBT youth corporation and charity for, that work across Dorset in, in um, UK, and we provide services like youth groups and uh, counselling, as well as like different opportunities and uh, signposting towards different um, help centres for LGBT plus youth. And I work the social media, so I'm the back end of the entire operation when it comes to IT and uh, our online presence. Um, I'm currently studying a master's degree in film production, so that's helping with that. Thank you, Sonny. And uh, really, again, really warm welcome to the podcast. So, Anton, our listeners are going to be aware of you because you are on our student panel. For the purpose of people that perhaps haven't heard from you already, do you mind just telling us a little bit about what you do and why you do it? Sure. Hi, John, and hi. It's lovely to be here, everyone. My name's Anton. My pronouns are he, him. I'm currently in my final year studying computer science at the University of Kent. I have been going since 2020. I can't believe how quickly that's gone. I spent my placement year working within the outreach department at Kent. And so that really broadened my perspective and allowed me to pursue other avenues and really opened the door to getting involved with projects like this. Thank you so much, Anton. And again, welcome to this podcast. Brilliant. Now we're all acquainted with our panellists. I'm going to go to Ollie first, if you don't mind, Ollie. Ollie, anything you can share in terms of your experiences of when you came out and whether that was before, during or after university? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, this is something I haven't actually ever spoken about before publicly, I don't think. So this is new for me as well. <laughs> um. Okay, I, I guess, so my experience of higher education is slightly different because I went to a theatre school, performing arts school, and in one sense, it was a little LGBT plus haven because it was kind of like the first time in my life where I'd gone somewhere and there were so many other gay boys. Um, I hadn't really had that experience in my life before felt like very different and, and kind of like the only LGBT plus person in, in my town to actually moving away and going to this theatre school. I was like, wow, other gay people exist. And I hadn't kind of come out yet either. Um, it didn't take me very long to come out at college. It took me like maybe a week <laughs> uh, once I kind of saw the other other gay guys in my year just unashamedly being themselves. It, really kind of empowered me to be like oh actually it's safe to be queer here it's safe it's safe to be out because other people are and they're being accepted um so that was kind of my first kind of me testing coming out and i came out to some people on the course and just kind of took it slowly from there really it kind of helped that i'd only just met these people as well so i kind of had permission to try this different side of my identity if that makes sense um but i didn't come out really until a bit later to my family back home and that was slightly more traumatic but yeah for me going to uni well going to this theater school higher education was really a great little way for me to experience other gay people and other queer identities 
which then I suppose on it, it backs up you know, the data we looked at before that indicated that a lot of more students come out of university in relation to before university. And for the reasons that you identified, that that doesn't surprise me at all that that, that is that is the case. How did it how did it feel, Ollie, when after you did? Summer before I went to theatre school, I think I had kind of like come out to a couple of really close friends back home, but I had definitely not come out to like my family or anyone. And I was still kind of in a questioning place, like what's my identity but as I said just get into this theatre school and 90% of the guys there were gay I was just like ah oh, this feels okay for me to be my full self and I don't have to like hide or perhaps pretend uh, I'm something that I'm not because so many gay guys here are really comfortable in who they are and I felt like they were really knowledgeable as well. And def- they definitely perhaps had a different upbringing to me as well in terms of like acceptance and their experience with shame as well, because I had kind of come to this theatre school with a lot of shame surrounding my sexual orientation. But the fact that I could see other people kind of like living and breathing and they were openly gay and they were being accepted and celebrated in some cases, it just brought me so much reassurance that actually life's gonna potentially be okay (laughs) you know um and I think from there I really kind of grew into my identity with regards to my sexual orientation it took a while it took a while for me to kind of shake off you know the I guess built-in homophobia that even I had at that age um from what I kind of picked up and learned growing up in heterosexual community uh so yeah it did take me a while to accept fully who I was but it was a really you know I have I have so much privilege that I got this experience because I know not everyone gets it so the fact that I could test out my identity in this safe space was really fundamental in who I became eventually Ollie, thank you so much for being so so honest. Um, Sonny, do you mind if I come to you now? And, and do you mind telling us a little bit more about your own experience? Yeah, of course. Um, so I've had a bit of a strange one because I've actually come out twice. I came out recently again. So I came out back in college before I went to university um, as gay. And that went fine. I've got a very accepting family. Um, it was a bit strange amongst my peers because I was in an animation class who were accepting, but like on the we don't want to talk about it level of accepting. And that was fine, though, because I had a nice friend group, and I actually made, like, my first real, like, lifelong friends through that. And then I came over to university and recently came out as trans, and that's been completely different, where I came into university, um, into a class, thinking I wouldn't really get along with anyone, because I was coming in on third year, and not in the first or second year, and everyone knew each other, so I thought, oh, everyone's already got friends, I wouldn't really be able to fit in. But I came out, um, and then made a bunch of really close friends um, in the sort of trans community here, which has then led me to be more involved in my local LGBT community, which has been really amazing. And it's it's been the making of me, I think, um, coming out here, because it's really let me get away from my, my family, away from my hometown, um, and completely change who I am, um, just sort of realise what I actually wanted to do and who I actually am. And that's been really lovely. So yeah, coming out as trans femme has been a completely different experience to what I expected anything else to be. Yeah. That's that's sort of how it went for me, at least. Thanks, Sonny. I'm so pleased to to hear that. Um, so, Anton, if I come to you, um, the same question, your own your own experience. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely to hear your stories. 
for me, I came came out back in secondary school, say year 11, I started questioning things and slowly I came out to, to my friends. I went to an all boys school, so it concerned me a little bit because particularly in my year group, there weren't really any out people. Uh, I think the one person that was had, had been bullied. So that that was a little scary and I think partially informed that I came out as bisexual because I felt that that would be more accepted at the time. And I think also I wasn't 100% sure either myself. And then I would say as I was finishing sick form, I started to settle in and, and realized that you know, my preference and, and my identity, which uh, was nice going into to university then, being sure, I would say, sure, sure of my identity. I found that university was a, a fresh start. I didn't know anyone. And whilst that can be scary, also it's a clean slate. And because these people that I was living with in first year didn't know me previously, didn't have any expectations, I was able to tell them, you know, I'm gay, I have a partner. And it didn't bother them. Uh, I, I guess I was lucky because it could have gone either way. But they just accepted me for, for who I was. I remember during my first year, uh, my partner would come and stay with me on the weekends. And we'd go out with some of my housemates for meals and, and days out, really. So I've been quite lucky in that it's been a positive experience. Can I just say it's interesting that we all kind of had have had the same experience in terms of seeing our higher education slash uni as like a new chance to try on our sexual orientation identity and is i wonder why it feels easier to come out to people we don't really know or haven't known for that long it, like it's it seems that i think something it's that, that idea of a clean slate i think that's it's that idea of a clean slate that anton mentioned where it's it's you come into a place where no one knows you no one knows your history and they sort of have no expectations of you to begin with like you said i I think that's just a really important thing to bring up when you're choosing higher education you're looking for how it's going to affect you as a queer person or an lgbt person you're going to be thinking about that a lot you're going to think am i going to get accepted am i going to make friends am i going to find someone who actually likes me am i going to like am i is it going to be okay that's the main concern for a lot of LGBT people is, am I going to be okay? And I think that that the idea of coming in and there being no expectations to have to be a specific thing, it, it becomes so much easier because you don't know that person. You don't know who that person is. You don't know, they don't know you, you don't know them. And they will just, but most of the time, don't really care. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you, you meet people at a higher education, they really don't care what you, what you do or who you are because they don't know you. And then they'll get to know you, hopefully. Yeah, they don't have any previous expectations of you. It just feels like such a lifeline to be able to have Mm. that opportunity to do that because not everyone gets it. And sometimes I think I wonder how my identity would have panned out had I not gone to this uni or this theatre school. Like, Would I ever come out? I don't know, but I'm just really blessed that I did get that opportunity to do it at 18 when I needed to do it. Yeah, I've thought about that recently, having just come out as trans, and it's 
I don't think I would have. I think it's being away from my family, away from my home, away from everything else. And again, that whole clean slate idea. Because when you move away from your family, you really sort of unlock that sort of more introspective part of yourself, I think. It, I think it comes with maturity and it also comes with you're your away from those sort of, again, expectations, that sort of mask of needing to be the perfect child or needing to be the same person that you've known, uh, that your friends have known for years and years back at home. You can just be a completely different person without any need to to hold on to what you had before. Yeah, it's it's like it's interesting because it's kind of when you move away from home, it's the first instance quite often when you really get the chance to assess your own core values. Yeah, and it's like for such a long time, you your core values are based kind of on what your parents or your caregivers have given to you and what you've learned. And you're like, well, actually, what do I actually think about this and that? And how do I really feel about this? So, yeah. I think also that you're, you're moving away at a time when you're turning into an adult. And I think that adds to that sense of control. You know, you are taking control of your life. You know, whether you go to university or not, you are becoming a mature adult. And so I think naturally, you feel more that you can say, this is who I want to be. This is what I will tolerate. And this isn't, you know, what I want to have to deal with. So if you're coming from a background, from a place where you've been exposed to, to, to harmful opinions and, and perhaps values within your community that, you know, don't agree with who you think you might be. You're at a place where you can say, actually, I'm 18. Actually, I'm 20. I'm, I'm not going to, to let someone else's opinion hold me back because I'm an adult now and it's my life. 100%. I was just going to say, I wonder if like, it's so interesting as well because I feel like queer people tend to like gravitate towards each other as well. Um, mm. I don't know mm. about you two, but I know now that a lot of, the young people I was friends with at school have grown up and we all happen to be LGBT plus. And it's like, is that a coincidence? Or like, do we just yes, yes. sense something about each other? And for me, I feel like there was a gravitational pull to kind of pull me out of where I lived and where I grew up because it was really not a queer area. It wasn't a queer town. It was actually very conservative. And I just felt a need to go off and find my tribe my community and I don't think I've realized it would be like a queer community but I knew my hometown wasn't the place for me and I think I followed my you know I followed my dreams of like wanting to be on the stage and glitz and glamour and I was like I need to go to London like Dick Whittington and find my fame and fortune and actually what I found was you know a queer community which has has been so valuable for me and yeah just been really fantastic yeah, I think you're right with the the idea of just the there is a magnetic pull between people of different like types, I guess. And you see in any sort of friend group, it's if you have a, a group of roller skaters, they're all going to be roller skaters because they're going to have bumped into each other. But like I've I, I say this because I'm a roller skater. I've met people who I didn't know were roller skaters, but I found out later on were, and it sort of goes back to that. No matter what it is, there is that sort of weird air that draws people towards you to each other. Like I work for a lot of disabled people um, and I'm disabled myself and a lot of my friends before they even knew they were disabled. 
became my friends. And then about a year or two later, they all went, oh, I've got this disability. I've got this disability. And I've gone, you didn't know. And it, it, we sort of have a bit of a saying in my friend group, at least, that if you're friends with one of us, you're likely got this, 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 and this. It's, it's just part of it. And I think that applies to the queer community a lot because we're always looking for that. We're always looking for safe people. We're always looking for people that are going to make us feel comfortable to be around. And I think that that most often tends to be other queer people just by default because we're all looking for that that safety. So we're all going to be that safety net for each other. A hundred percent. Like that's number one thing on my priority list, safety. And yeah, as you said that, I was just like nodding profusely. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's what I was looking for, like safety. And I knew yeah, I was different growing up. I knew I was a bit gentler and softer. I wasn't considered like a boy's boy. Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, even like doing dance and theatre, I was like considered a bit of an outsider. So I knew going to a theatre school, I would potentially be safer there because I knew there would be other people like me, other boys like me. That brings us to the end of part one. Join us after this short interlude as we go deeper in part two into our guests' lived experiences. It's so interesting, uh, in terms of the answers, and, and it's it's worked out wonderfully well. Where we you, Anton mentioned that he came out before university, and then, then Sonny mentioned about college, and then yourself, Ollie mentioned actually when when you're at university. So, in terms of perspective, we've got. There a, a range in terms of perspectives you can share. And I just want to now, if we don't mind, just, just go back to the stats we shared right at the start of the podcast and, and just see if a few of them surprise you or not. So, so the first one was two in five LGBT students have hidden their identity at university for fear of discrimination. Now, that, that sounds like that has not been the case for you, you three, but the, does that surprise you? Not at all. Um, I think with any sort of education setting, there's going to be some fears around it. Working with young people who are all in education settings, it doesn't surprise me at all because it's it's it is scary. It is a big step to come out, no matter where you are, even if because you can go to university. But what if you live in that town already? I've got friends who live where I live, but have lived there their whole lives and live there with their families, so that there isn't any disconnect there for them. But then there are some people who will come along and go to university and be around um, LGBT people but not want to come out for fear of again, discrimination or judgment or anything because they have internal, have internal self-doubt. They have no confidence. There's, there's a myriad of things that would stop someone from coming out. I don't think that just going to university is enough for some people to come out. I'm not surprised at all by the stats because it's, as well as the fact that we've only recently sort of become more, more accepting in a lot of education um, settings. Uh, only recently my, my uni have, put in a lot of steps to be more accepting around trans people and even then they're not doing as much as they could but they're doing a little bit yeah i'm not surprised either something that i didn't really notice in my first year because we were still there was the fallout of covid now that everyone's back on campus and especially after a year out working on a placement uh, it's like a different campus now now i'm back and something I've noticed, particularly over the past few months, is, you know, it's it's a delicate subject, but there are various religious societies at, at the university, and they quite often like to, say, pursue people uh, quite openly on campus, to 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 hear their their opinions and their beliefs, etc. And I think that 
unfortunately some religious views are a bit rooted in tradition and they can make LGBT people feel more excluded uh, and, and uncomfortable. Although things are progressing, there are still elements of that, I think, within religion. And so that's something that I, I noticed uh, more more recently. But I don't know maybe if you two experienced that at all in your, in your settings. I mean, I had a slightly different experience with regards to, like, you know, traditional union because ours was a theatre school, so it was a slightly different setup. But what is kind of fascinating is that despite it being a predominantly queer space where 90% of the male attendees there were gay at the time that we knew of at college there were still students there who didn't come out at college they didn't come out until later on after college because even in that safe bubble like they still didn't feel ready to come out um which just demonstrates that some people just won't feel ready to come out at university and that relates to the, this stat that we've got here of the two in five um, students having hidden their identity. So no matter how safe it might be, people might not feel ready or, or safe to do so. And, you know, it comes back to how all of our experiences in the wider world, like we often have to come out on a daily basis, like whether we get in a taxi and the taxi's like, oh, are you on the way to see your girlfriend? I'm like, I'm actually on the way to see my boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? But I have to very, very quickly assess the situation. Like, first of all, am I safe? Uh, yeah, I do feel safe. So I'll, you know, I'll mention that I have a boyfriend, but you know, I might not. So I might just be, I might just not come out in that scenario. So this is the thing It's like, we're constantly assessing situations. It's a little bit exhausting, actually. <laughs> I had, the, I had that exact yeah. experience recently, um, starting a master's degree, brand new class of people, no idea how safe I'd be coming out, telling them, oh yeah, I'm, I'm trans, by the way. And for the first couple of weeks, I, I didn't tell anyone, because I was like, I'm not sure if it'd be okay. But then I started to get sick of being misgendered, and I was like, I'm just going to tell them. Um, I think it's, going back to that, that point about the stat you said about, I think that some people are just not ready, like you said, and it, it's okay to not be ready. Because yeah. everyone's on their own journey with their sexuality and their identity and however they feel perfectly fine to not be ready yet. If you go to university after listening to this podcast and think, I'm going to come out, and then you never do, and you come out after university, yeah, that's fine. You can do that. It doesn't doesn't matter as long as you're happy with yourself and as long as you're not, as long as it's not causing you like a lot of internal harm or a lot of like mental health harm, mm. it's, it's fine. Just try and take your time and do it at your own pace. Oh, a hundred percent. Everyone's experience is going to be so, so different and everyone's going to enter higher education from a, from a different place. And like you said, we'll be ready at different times to come out if they even want to come out. There's no pressure to do anything. Thank you for sharing and some important messages there. Sonny, I wanted to go to you because I want to put this to the group, put that out there. There might be listeners who are thinking about their identity. Obviously that can be really fluid. We've talked about how you've come out twice and now that's changed the fact that you've gone through you know college been an undergraduate university now you're doing your master's degree i just wanted to see what you would like to share in terms of how you felt and how maybe you've how that's changed potentially through time how you identify i wasn't confident at all before going to college for one made a group of friends in college came out to them because they were so accepting 
and we talked about before, it was a group of queer people who I, I didn't know I was part of at the time and then found out, oh, actually I am through being around these people and going, I feel like that because they start talking about their own experiences. But then coming to university and coming out as trans, it was a much more internal conflict. It was a much more internal sort of dialogue. There was no realizing I feel the same way as other people. It was um, just a lot of thought, a lot of umming and ahhing about, am I this? Am I not? It does it. Does that fit? I was not. I was never sure. Um, I sort of known that I definitely wasn't a guy for a long time, but didn't really have anything to say or anything else to say about from like yeah that that's it i'll just go with that i don't care and eventually i started caring once i was i guess getting more serious about my my life i guess like about my career and stuff and thinking how am i actually gonna get through a career working in any sort of industry that i want to work in without being comfortable in myself so i think it was a lot of introspective on that on just introspection on that sort of front thinking okay if i'm going to go into this industry am i going to be okay with i don't know being a guy in the industry and that just that's like a broad spectrum being a guy in the industry and that just didn't sound nice to me i didn't like that and it it just i guess went from there and i think i was very lucky of having being surrounded by queer and trans and gay people already the entire spectrum of people already that i i guess i just sort of i didn't even realize that I needed to come out to start with until I was around people that I wasn't um, already out to, I guess. I was talking to a friend recently and I told I told them, yeah, I've just come out and they went, you, you weren't out already? You know, like the whole time I've known you, we've, you've always seemed just so there. Like you, you, you always seemed like you were already out. Like you, you already sort of used the correct pronouns and everything for you. And I went, no, I, was, I wasn't ever out. I just didn't ever correct you because I was fine with that. And I think that that's my experience, but I think that that's not going to be the same for, for everyone. For me, yeah, it was a lot of introspection rather than um, realising I fit in somewhere. It was just figuring out myself. <laughs> Sonny, wow. What a honest account. Really appreciate it. Right, let's go back to the stats that we shared right at the start of the podcast because I was really surprised by them. But from listening to your answers, and I'll bring in... Anton and Ollie here as well. It sounds like the stats actually didn't surprise you at all. But some listeners will be thinking, you know what? This data dates back to 2018, 2021. We're now listening to this in 2024. So I, I, know, I'm, I know I am asking a leading question here, but do you think things are getting better? It's a difficult question because there's so many variables. I, ever the optimist, like to think that we are continually uh, progressing in a positive direction. And there's a lot of data to suggest that we are. There's data that demonstrates how the vast majority of the UK support transgender people, um, support uh, same-sex marriage, uh, etc. Laws are changing. Some really positive things are ha happening. But as with everything, you take a couple steps forward and you'll come across resistance and you'll get pushed back as well. It kind of feels like a pendulum and like we see history constantly being repeated with regards to different intersections of society. So, you know, with regards to women, with regards to race, with regards to gay people, with regards to trans people, it's kind of like we're actually discovering more and more about ourselves as a human race. And 
Therefore, it is helping us to move forward in really positive ways the more we understand ourselves. But at the same time, there are people who are resisting it and are in fear and are scared and don't necessarily want things to change and are intent on making things more difficult in terms of progress. Point, a point that you, you made there is the being scared of change. I think a lot of people that push back against um, just being nicer to everyone um, it's, it's like the main, main thing. I think that people that push back against that are scared of having to change their ways. It is coming from a place of fear. Homophobia and transphobia and any, any sort of discrimination all comes from a place of fear of what you don't understand. Um, and they don't want to understand it. They don't want to be told they have to understand it. And the thing is, you don't have to understand it. You just have to be nice. You just have to not not be a dick, I guess. And I think that thinking about sort of has have things changed for, for good, have things gotten better recently, sort of goes back to the kind of work that me and you, Ollie, do with, with young people. I think that things have changed a lot for the better when it comes to the younger generations. They have inc incredibly accepting people. They're incredibly kind people. They care almost to a detriment to themselves um, at points about the world around them and how things are affecting them and things are affecting other people. They are the first people to ever respond to a tragedy in any sort of tragedy that's going on in the world. I think that they are some of the first people to come out and scream about it and say this shouldn't be happening. Um, and I think that sort of happened recently because they've seen so many atrocities in the world they've, they finally have decided they don't want to see any more and I think that especially when it comes to LGBT um, rights and LGBT movements um, across the world and even the UK specifically young people are the best step forward that has happened for the community for a long time I think that they're all understanding our past they're understanding the history of of um, LGBT rights they're they're, they want to learn, they want to know, and they want to care. They're, they actually want something to go well for them in the future, so they're fighting now to get it. And doing the work that a lot of older queer people have sort of become cynical about. They're, not, they're, they're doing that work that they want to push towards because they know that's the only way it's going to get done. They know that they are the next step, and they're actually listening to people when, the, when people tell them, you're the future. And I think a lot mm. of older generations, more conservative people are seeing that and going, that's not what we meant by the next step. We wanted you to follow us and do what we said, but that's, they're not, <laughs> they're going out there and doing what they want to do and what they know yeah. is right. And I think that's quite important to, to give them the spaces that like this space provide and the information that things like Ollie and Pop and Ollie provide to, to make sure those young people have the resources they need to continue that fight. Mm. I think the, the young people could continually see us grown-ups getting it wrong. And I think they're like, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> you not see that you're literally just doing the same thing again and again with a different slogan, basically. Uh, and, and actually, yeah. part of my work is going into schools and, and, you know, we talk to the kids and talk to them things about, talk to them about things like the law and actually how we as grown ups really do get things wrong sometimes. So actually, we, we need your help because you are the next generation and one day you know this is going to be in your hands but um coming back to the, the conversation of, of progress and these stats that we've got here I, yeah of course they're shocking and, and horrendous and they they make us really sad but also the fact that someone's 
bothered to put these stats together. The fact that people care about these, like I didn't have stats like this when I was at yeah. uni. When I was at uni, I, I started, I'm going to show you my age now. I went to theatre school in 2005 and graduated in 2007. So I'm a little bit older. But um, the conversation back then, there was two options. You were either gay or straight. Like there was, back then there was so much biophobia. If, if, a, if a guy showed like the slightest bit of interest in another guy or had maybe kissed or done anything romantic they, then they were gay there was no consideration that they would be straight or it'd be like oh they're secretly gay so in one sense my time was safe for me because I had the privilege of being cisgender and fully gay it was also a time where it, it was a little bit toxic especially around the conversation of of, of bisexuality and, and, and transgender and non-binary was not even on the radar so the fact that we're having these conversations now the fact that we're looking at the quality of life of transgender people and queer people is such a step forward because now we know now we know what needs to be done with regards to these stats that brings us to the end of part two join us after this short interlude for part three as we ask our guests advice guidance and reflections on coming out at university so now in part three what we try and do is provide some really useful guidance for students in the main that are considering university but also parents and teachers that are supporting them and, and one thing i want to cover first anton ollie and, and sonny if i can is is actually to get experience more in terms of coming out at university so now anton you mentioned that you, you came out before university but a lot of students that will be listening to this podcast perhaps are concerned about you know, potentially coming out when they start university or you know, maybe in the second year or the third year. Do you mind if I, if I get some experience from you in terms of, of coming out of university and that's going to help them in, in perhaps a, a similar relatable position? Yeah, I mean, as Ollie said earlier, made a really good point about how sometimes it can feel like every day you have to come out. Comments for people will make without even thinking about it because that is the, the norm. You know, are you off to see your girlfriend? That sort of thing. Oh, you know, they'll see my engagement ring and go, oh, are you married? You know, what's her name? Actually, I'm engaged and his name's Stephen. <laughs> you know, uh, that can be a, a complicated conversation if you don't know them well and if you don't know what their views and values are. <laughs> it, it's a process of continually coming out um, and, and that can be good. And that can be bad. I've got a, a couple of friends that are gay and they always, when they meet new people, they always say partner. They don't say boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Is that because of that exact same? And I've never, ever, ever twigged that. Is, but is that, that because of that situation? Because they, they perhaps don't feel comfortable in terms of reactions that, that people might have. 100%. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had it when I was in second year of uni. I joined a local karate club. And whenever I talked about my other half, it was always using my other half or partner. And I think people sort of tweaked onto it uh, eventually. And I was very lucky. They were a really lovely group. And I got on so well with them all and they were very acceptant. But I, I think there is that element of if I say partner, it's less specific, you know, and hopefully they'll be okay with it. But, you know, if 
if they're not okay with it, then I'd like, I'm not coming out and going, I'm going to see my boyfriend instead. It's just, I'm going to say, see my partner. So yeah, that is a, a, a thing that I think we do. It's interesting to hear that your, your friends do that as well, because it's something that I've always done just out of instinct, I think. I occasionally like to drop a rainbow grenade, though, if, when I feel safe. If I'm, like, sat somewhere, I don't know, in a little cafe, and, like, a, perhaps a, an older person is like, so have you got a girlfriend? I'm like, well, I've got a boyfriend. <laughs> and they're like, oh, cool, good for you. And I can just see their face, like, shift a little bit. But, you know, also, as I said earlier, like, we are continually progressing, and more and more people are open to the fact that LGBT plus people exist and they're not, you know, always unnecessarily gendering and they're asking people about their partners rather than their girlfriends uh, or boyfriends. Um, So I feel like people are becoming more uh, conscious and aware that we're so different as humans and unnecessarily gendering um, people can be be hurtful and yeah I, I think i think we're becoming more conscious as a society i think that become more conscious as a society comes from like like we said younger people a lot of the time i think that you see it all over the place especially because because i'm social media that's my job and that's what i work in you can see that kind of more conscious language being used there's a lot more pushback against um gender terms like you said it People are much more open to the idea of putting pronouns directly out there. For instance, you've got your pronouns right there on screen. I didn't even think to put that there. Um, I would if I if I thought about it, but it just sort of shows that some people are much more conscious um, for putting out that that more well less gendered language, I guess. Um, and that I think it comes from younger generations being so stringent with it, being so clear that they we need to use they them for for referring to someone if we don't know their pronouns we need to ask pronouns we need to tell people our pronouns we need to make it normalized to use this non-gendered language um and i think that in, in part comes from the history of needing to find safe people and needing to find a way to talk about your your partner without using gendered language and outing yourself to people unnecessarily i think it all comes from that that safety that a lot of the queer community have always needed that that safety net Certainly, thank you. And and I've got to be honest, I was exactly the same. So, you know, in terms of this podcast, Ollie joined and added, you know, with and the name for the purpose of our listeners had had his pronouns on them. And I literally then thought, I've not got mine. I was trying then to go in the settings to try and, and do it and, and, and couldn't do it. But the it's it's so interesting when you say about like, you know, the perspective and actually when you see someone someone do something else, it, it then reminds you to to do it yourself. So in terms of the audience of the podcast, a, a, a big audience is students that are considering university and, and they might have concerns in terms of, of coming out at university. I'd just love to get your your experience in terms of coming out at university, how you felt having done so, how you how, how you felt beforehand. Anton, you mentioned that, that you came out before university, but at the same time you would have started university and you know, met new people and things. For the benefit of our listeners, do you mind just talking a little bit more about your experience there? Yeah, I think the first thing to say really is, is that it's natural to have concerns. Don't let the the anxiety and fear overwhelm you because there is so much possibility at university, as sort of Ollie 
mentioned earlier that that positive mindset, uh, liking to see uh, the optimistic approach, you know, I try and be the same way. And sometimes it can be challenging, but these statistics that we've, we've gone over, you know, they are a few years out of date. And I do believe as someone still at university, things have improved since I started. And uh, I, I think every university is different. So without retreading the ground we, we've already covered, university it has so much opportunity for you to find yourself and, and settle into who you are and, and find the people that you feel safe around. And it's what you make it. So just take your time. You know, university isn't something that's over in a flash. You know, it's not one term. It's potentially a three, four year course. So just take all the time you need to, um, to gravitate and find those people. Yeah. And I think I'll just echo uh, what Anton said about finding your people. I think for me, I don't think I realized at the time, but I think the most important thing for me in my higher education was the community, the LGBT plus community or gay community that I was a part of. I think we, sh we can't underestimate how powerful it is being around other queer people when you're queer yourself, because it's, there's, there's shared experiences. Of course, everyone's experience is different, but I know I instantly feel more comfortable, more powerful, more heard, more seen when I'm around other LGBT plus people. So I think my advice would be to really try and find other LGBT plus people. I was lucky with my experience that most people were gay, but if you're at a uni, I would definitely investigate whether there's kind of like um, an LGBT plus group or support system, uh, what the uni has in place for queer students. When I was kind of going through uni, then probably the only places I could go to find my community other than my immediate uh, classes was gay bars. But now there's a lot of kind of sober spaces um, for LGBT plus people, which is really wonderful. Because um, it demonstrates that you know queer people are more than just going out <laughs> uh, and drinking. Yeah, I would really, really investigate and recommend looking for clubs for uh, friendships, relationships, even just queer coffee places somewhere where you know there's just you know your tribe is 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 really valuable. So that would be my advice. Look into that. Thank you. So in terms of this podcast, we have a closing tradition. And what we do is ask our guests on every single episode, knowing what you know now, what would you, what advice would you give to your younger self considering university? Anton, if I can come to you first, please. I think the one thing I tell myself is to not be afraid of finding a place in the LGBT society, coming from a school where I mainly was surrounded by heterosexual people i was fearful of of joining the lgbtq plus society because it would have been such a, a transition from no openness to to a completely open and safe environment 
And, and I think I unnecessarily worried about that, uh, that it would be too much for me because I wasn't used to that. That's what I would tell myself. Don't be afraid. I think my advice would be always know that you are worthy regardless of your sexual orientation and that you really don't have to work yourself to the absolute bone in order to prove yourself. Because I feel like as LGBT plus people, we often feel that, like this weird thing that we have to make up for our shortcomings of our um, identity. I know that I did. I felt that I had to be a huge success in order to make up for my sexual identity. But of course, I now know that that's not true. So that's what I would tell myself. Um, I would tell myself to believe in myself more, to be more confident. And that to just always follow your heart and what brings you joy. That's what that's and actually I'm quite pleased to say that I think I have done that last one. So that's cool. I think the main thing I'd say is just be yourself because people like you. No matter who you are, as long as you just do your own thing, be yourself. Don't worry about other people judging you for your interests or for your sexual identity, your gender identity, anything, even beyond just being LGBT, just the way you dress, the way you want to dress, the way you want to look, anything, just be yourself because there's going to be people out there that will absolutely adore you as a person, no matter what. Uh, if you're a decent person, you're nice, you're kind, you're accepting everyone, you will get really far in life just, just off of those merits. Um, I think that personally, I, I would tell myself what Ollie said, to, to not work as hard, to try and take a few more breaks, to try and not stress as much about getting everything done all the time, uh, being perfect, being amazing. It's just try and mellow out a little bit. And just, yeah, my main thing is just be yourself. Don't worry as much. Just try and do you. Thank you so much. Um, so, so, so much. So the final thing we do of this podcast is just give an opportunity for you to tell us a little bit more about you, how people can connect with you, what you're doing now. So uh, I'll go in the same order. So, Anton, um, if, if people want to connect with you, tell us a little bit more about that, how we can do so. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me, uh, Anton Springett, at Spring E double T. <laughs> I've also got a page on our uh, Uni Taster Days website. So, uh, I've got a little bit about me. And, Ollie, if I can come to you now, um, if people want to connect with you, how can they do so? And, and I hope you're going to say a little bit more about your brilliant YouTube work as well. Ollie, over to you. Yeah, I mean, the easiest thing to do would be to go to just popandolly.com because that's kind of like a hub of everything and you can find uh, my Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Or actually what's even easier is you probably could just Google Ollie Pike because I think I'll be the first thing that comes up. I've like got curly brown hair and I'm sometimes seen with like a little blue balloon sidekick and some cat ears. So if that picture comes up, that's me. <laughs> so just click on that. And yeah, if you want to watch any of my videos, my animations, which are super popular, they've like had millions of views, go to the Pop and Ollie YouTube channel and have a little watch party and enjoy our stories. <laughs> and Ollie, I've just Googled you and I can confirm you are the first Google listing. Um, and interestingly, Google Ollie, uh, I'm the famous. second, <laughs> the second uh, do you know you get the recommended Google searches? The second thing when you put your name in is Ollie Pike Age. So there you go, who knew? Well, uh, this right. is the thing. Yes, everyone wants to know how old I am and I've secretly kind of told you. You've given us a clue in terms of this podcast. Um, so... <laughs> Um, Sonny, if I can come to you um, as well, um, if, you, if people want to connect with you, course, um, yeah. how can they do so? Yeah, 
just search Space Youth Project. Um, we run out of Dorset in the UK, um, so we don't have that many connections outside the county, but we have loads of social media pages, all managed by me. So if you ever want to connect with Space, the, just search Space Youth Project and you'll find us. Um, I think our SEO is pretty good, having done it myself. Um, and if you want to find me, I make um, artwork and films, of course, like I said. So I'm I'm S Kelly 3D0 all over the place. I've just Googled myself on my phone as well. I do come up. So just 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 to check. I just want to add that Space Youth Project is an amazing organization. And I've been company. thinking that the whole time about you, though. <laughs> just thinking I really need to bring up like, all these stuff is amazing. We've like kind of collabed um, in various ways through through other people so yeah, head yeah. of education mel lane who's um a former primary school teacher and teacher trainer and she's also one of the co-authors of uh one of pop uh books but she's also like a really big deal at space youth project and does a lot of training for you yeah, as she, well she works, so was, she's our main training and education officer here so yeah she yeah does all so, sorts for us and all sorts for you and it's yeah so yeah shout out to space youth project i think I think you're awesome. Yeah, and we think you're oh, we you're think you're, you're all awesome. Um, the reason that that you've we approached you in terms of this podcast is just because you're all doing fantastic things. We're really fortunate that we work really close with Anton in terms of the panel, but but Sunny and Ollie as well. Um, we're so impressed. You know, Tim and I are so impressed with every everything you're doing. So, thank you so much for giving your time for this podcast, and no doubt supporting loads of students that are thinking about university. So, the final thing for me to say, Anton, Sunny, and Ollie, is just a big thank you from Tim and I. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you as well. You've been listening to The Uni Guide, supporting you with all things university. While you're here, why not give us a rating? If you have any comments, suggestions, or want to ask us any questions at all, please contact us using info at unitasterdays.com. Stay tuned, like, and share, and as always, take care.